The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Let's Talk But No Politics Okay. I am your host, Andrew Lenz, and this is the podcast where we just take random topics from pop culture and we talk about them, whether it's from our childhood or we want to discuss something about a movie. That's what we do here. And today we have our sponsor as Media Play. Go down to Media Play. They have a wide selection of CDs, books, movies, DVDs, anything you need. Go down to Media Play. They also started selling collectibles and T-shirts. Go check out Media Play. Check them out now. So today, once again, I I have somebody from Sports Your Enthusiasm. I have the other half. This is someone that I've talked to for pretty much about a year, just corresponding through Facebook. We have quite the Celtic 76ers rivalry going on, but we're not going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about pop culture duos with Mr. Bryce Benjamin from Sports Your Enthusiasm. And how are you doing, Bryce? Man, I'm feeling great, Andrew. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for not making me talk about how your Celtics been kicking my Sixers ass for the past 10 years. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's been yeah, it really, that. Speak, yeah you ain't lying. <laughs> Speaking of media play, man, do you remember the jingle? Do you remember the, the, the freaking jingle they had on their commercials? No. Media play. And I forgot I, the second part. I just remember that part. And it's like, it's, it's good, maybe. Like, it's good. Da, 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 da. I don't. I just remember going to media play. I remember it being like walking yes. distance from my house, and I have to thank my brother for helping me out with my CD collection because once he started getting girlfriends, and I'm three years younger than him, he would kick me out of the house and he would work and he was working, so he tossed me twenty bucks to leave the house, and it was right to media play to get a CD nice. or something. So. My brother and him wanting to be alone with his girlfriends have, did help out my CD collection. Media Play was the perfect score, the perfect store to skip school at. Like if you, you know, one of those days and they feel like going to school, just go chill at Media Play literally all day. Go watch movies. You know they had a movie plan. Go play some games. Go mess around with the guitars that they had on and stuff like that. Literally the perfect skip school store. <laughs> That's where I got addicted to Pokemon at. Mm-hmm. Because I was in. Jesus, this one, LaSalle Sr. was still going. And we'd skip school, but everybody else would skip school there, too. And you go there, and all that they had was a Game Boy with, like, Pokemon, like, red or blue in there. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to play this stupid game because I got nothing else to do. And next thing you know, I'm buying both of them because I I need to finish the game, and somebody's messing up my game at Media Play. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to Media Play, man. Wow. What a store. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> All right, Andrew, man. What we got going on today, man? Top five pop cultures duos. I got to give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Matt Johnson. And Matt Johnson. Yep, because kind of infringing here, kind of infringing once again on, on an intellectual property that he has in uh, each week list. But I talked to him. He said, we're cool with it. There's going to be no lawsuits. So but I got to <laughs> give But if you like lists, Go check out Eat Sleep List, hosted by Matt Johnson, and he always has a guest on there as well. They do a top 10. We're only going to do top five today, but we're going to do honorable mentions. Yes, sir. So top five pop culture duos. We're going to do pretty much from like a childhood, and and I think I got a pretty good list. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you When you had mentioned it, like I just like instantly that 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 day I just started doing like top duels, just started listing off like just a bunch of this just just like uh th that combination that had an impact in my childhood growing up that I even to this day will go back and just to visit and think like damn what would life be like if I didn't watch this or if this wasn't a part of my life. So, man, like, first of all, this was an awesome topic that you came up with. Man, I had a ton of fun just thinking about the list, and I'm looking forward to talking about it, bro. I did. I tried to go off of just memory at first, and then I did some research, and then I started writing down stuff, and then I just kept my top five from memory. Yeah. Because the ones that I did have, they were, 
they were cool, but they didn't mean as much to me as what I have for my top five. So. Yeah. I feel you on that one, man. Yeah, same here. All my stuff is straight off the dome. It's straight off the dome. You know, I'm not, I didn't take anybody's list I seen on Google or nothing there. This is the stuff that I remember because for, there's a reason why I remember it, you know? So, yeah, yeah, man. So, without further ado, let's hear your, let's hear your number five. Number five for me, all right? Keep in mind, um, this is my favorite. I think this is the greatest cartoon of all time. I want to specify when I say cartoon because later on down my list is going to be a different animation. But number five to pop culture duels, SpongeBob and Patrick. How about this one, man? SpongeBob to me, hands down, is the greatest cartoon I think ever. When you talk about quotables, when you can go quotables and you could just mention like my leg and everybody knows what that is, like instantly knows what that is. And I think SpongeBob is the most quotable cartoon I've ever watched in my life. Everybody watched it. Everybody loves it. To this day, I can go and put on a, a, a SpongeBob episode and just be dying laughing. 29 years old, laughing like a little kid. And the combination that SpongeBob and Patrick, the dynamic that they was able to have on TV for just 22 minutes of our life was just phenomenal, bro. Um, to this day, man, still my favorite number one cartoon, the SpongeBob and Patrick duel, just the, 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 the classic moments and memories that those two characters have brought in my television watching life. Um, I just got to give a round of applause to the creators and everybody that's involved with that one, bro, because like I said, to this day, still, still one of my, if my favorite cartoon of all time, hands down. And that duel right there really set the tone, man. Like I was just watching the Twitter clip earlier. There's uh, talking, you know, what's going on and everything that they should there. And then uh, about talking about Texas. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to go all the way there, but like just little stuff like that is funny as hell, man. I, I could. I, that's where I live right now, so I could probably <laughs> attest to attest to some of the things I've heard. Some some uh, very different things from moving from New York to Texas, especially when it comes to guns. Especially, I've had a plumber at my house, and I've talked to him, and he was telling me about how you can get a pistol permit in Texas, but you take the class inside of a Waffle House. Yeah. So I was like, that's pretty crazy. So if you want to put SpongeBob and Patrick was one that I didn't even think of. I got to say, I have a list of like stuff that for when I'm older, from older, when I was younger for honorable mentions, but that wasn't even on my list. Hey man, this is what we're here for. This is, and I got to admit that is, that is a, (laughs) that is a dynamic duo of those two. Yes. SpongeBob and my favorite SpongeBob episode will always be Pretty Patties. When Patrick, when he goes up to Patrick and he's like, Patrick, are you mad? And he's like, yeah. He's like, why are you mad, Patrick? He's like, because I can't see my forehead. And he's just straight (laughs) staring up at his forehead. That is, that is my favorite SpongeBob moment. So I get it. So many classic episodes, bro. So many classics, (laughs) man. Like I remember the one episode SpongeBob thought he was famous. And like the the old man thought he seen him on TV, thought he was a box of cereal. <laughs> no, see, I never like, see that see one. You, you like the cow flakes? <laughs> Some of <laughs> a nice cereal box. <laughs> I don't even remember that one. I I don't. Oh my god! Well, I'm telling you, that's classic. My kids bro. still watch that to this day. Yes, yes. It gets a little. You. It gets a little. It gets a little rough on my head, but I I can hear. <laughs> I I understand the SpongeBob and Patrick dynamic. And this one right here, this is my number five, is a sports duo. Okay. But I think they transcended pop culture into pop culture because they're still talked about to this day. Andy Samberg had a whole Netflix uh, music video type thing about it. And they are like the first big sports stars that I can remember. And that's the Bash Brothers and Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when I was little, they were they were awesome. Yeah. The steroids kind of play a part, but I'll talk about before we get into that. These guys just crushed home runs and it like they were nothing. They were cool. They had a cool little 
celebration after each home run where they bash their forearms together. I had the Bash Brothers poster where it was, they were dressed up as the Blues Brothers, but they were, and they were on top of a car and stuff like that. And it said Bash Brothers. The Bash Brothers were life to me until Conseco got traded. I mm. thought the world of the Bash Brothers, I wanted to be the Bash Brothers. I wanted to be Jose Conseco. I wanted to be Mark McGuire. I wanted to do everything that they did. I wanted to crank home runs. I wanted to drive cool Lamborghinis like Jose Canseco did. I wanted to go out with Madonna. I wanted to do all this stuff. And the Bash Brothers are my number five on the list because they were just amazing to me. I like that, man. I got a question for you. I don't know if there's like any correlation. Um, do you remember the movie uh, Mighty Ducks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the brothers? Were they were they like the the Basham brothers or something of that nature? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah they were the Bash brothers on that too. Yeah. Do you think they pulled that from those two? There is that like a correlation there? I'm obviously it's two different sports that we're talking yeah. about, but I, I gotta like when you mentioned that, I'm thinking to myself like, wow, I wonder if those movies kind of just took that element from that from those two and then put it into movies and just kind of created a dynamic around that Do you have any any idea on that one i'm thinking maybe i'm thinking maybe because if you look at those two characters on mighty duck you had what was his name fulton mm -hmm. who was he, he was rough and he hit hard and he had that hard slap shot yep but he was a little bit more laid back kind of like a mark mcguire Mm -hmm. and I forget what the other guy's name is, but he was like real wild, crazy, always, you know, with the bandana. I think he had the sleeves ripped off and everything else, which is more like a Jose Canseco type guy. Right. So I'm wondering if that will. Yeah, that, that's a, that's pretty interesting, right? That is. That is a very good correlation there. Layers, man. It's layers. You got to. That's a We're very good one. <laughs> We are. But yeah, I, I like it. that. Yeah, I like that, bro. That's good stuff, man. The Bash. Shout out to the Bash Brothers, bro. Yeah, that was Chicks, like Chicks did the long ball. It was that uh, McGuire that came up with that. I think so, or maybe Conseco. They were crazy. Like, yeah. I remember, I had a Micro Machines white Lamborghini, and my brother's friend wanted it, and he was trying to like. This is back in like. Like eighty nine. So <laughs> he was like offering to buy me like a pack of cards or something for it, yeah. which would be amazing for me back then. But I was like, no, no, this is look like the same as that car Jose Canseco would drive. So I need to keep this <laughs> because I'm going to have a Lamborghini when I get older and be like Jose Canseco. And man. I kind of don't want to be like Jose Canseco now, but that hey, was man. like my Listen. life. That was my hey. life. Let them do all the steroids, man. We they 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 they, <laughs> they save baseball in the nineties, right? Like they yeah. bombing home runs everywhere. Like everybody was watching, everybody was tuning in. I remember I was in like first grade, and people just talking about the home run chases between you know uh, McGuire and Sosa and and Canseco. Like let them let them do it, man. Shout <laughs> out to those boys right there, man. As much as much uh, uh, discredit that they get for doing what they did, but at the same time, it was entertaining as shit. And uh, hey. Yeah, and that was my those were my guys. Until Canseco, I couldn't believe it when they traded Canseco, I think in '93, but those were my guys was Canseco and Maguire. Nobody could be nobody was better than them. They were the best. That's good stuff, man. All right, what we go? Are you moving on to number four? Yep. All right. So as you can tell, my list is is kooky. Okay. It's it's all over <laughs> the place here. And I'm gonna continue on with this trend. I like to be I like to be a little dynamic. I like to try to be a little surprising. And um, I mean, number four on my list, my favorite movie of all time is Jurassic Park. Okay. And number four on my list has to do with Jurassic Park. It is, uh, has to do with the main actor from Jurassic Park, Sam Neill, the leading actor who played Alan Grant and the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> that's my number two. That's my <laughs> number four right there, man. Dynamic duels. Um, to this day, I remember being a little kid watching Jurassic Park for the first time and seeing what Hollywood believed to be like their image of what a dinosaur should look like, right? Mm -hmm. And seeing this big ass animatronic dinosaur 
in the rain. It's like the perfect setting. Like you got let, let's 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 build it up to this point. So you got them in the car. It's raining. It's a storm. The power is out. Everybody's panicking. And then you just you know see the cup of water. It's a doo. You see it ripple, and you hear just the doo. And then you finally see the T Rex appear for the first time. And he rips down the gate. And he just brares through, and he just start ripping apart cars and shit. And it's like Alan Grant, Sam Neil, aka Alan Grant, the way that. He's handling the situation. Now he's a he's a uh obviously he's doing I'm forgetting the term of it. He's searching the bones and whatnot of these dinosaurs. They never really interacted with one of these things. And he's like does it perfectly. He gets the flare, he throws it out, and then you see freaking uh Malcolm. He wants to be the hero as well. He lights a flare, he gets his ass kicked by the T-Rex off jump. And just like that dynamic of those two, man, like the Tyrannosaurus Rex and and Alan Grant. When I think of dinosaurs, I think of those two right there, like the Tyrannosaurus Rex, Alan Grant, what they meant for the Jurassic Park series uh, throughout. And now into Jurassic World, where the T-Rex is still like the king. He's still the number one dinosaur, no matter what they try to do to make it different. And um, I mean, Alan Grant, man, he was just awesome in that movie. So that's my number four right there of dynamic duels. The Tyrannosaurus Rex from Jurassic Park and Alan, Dr. Alan Grant. I, I like that one. I like that because that is the that is the duo that was like the highlight of that movie. Yes, and you are right. The Transformers Rex is always in every Jurassic Park or Jurassic yes. World movie, even Jurassic World at the end when they're like, "Who are we gonna get to fight this giant and dominant yeah. Rex?" They yeah, were like, "Oh, like, we'll just get the T Rex," and he came out and he did his job. Let's just go get more teeth. And she's the chick is running in the hills. Oh my god, that was so <laughs> terrible. She's just running full speed in hills from a Tyrannosaurus. Man. <laughs> that is awesome, though. That, that, Shout out to T-Rex. Yeah. That is one I would never even think of. At all. <laughs> yeah, I like, I, I like <laughs> to be different. I have that one. I like to be different. That is crazy. I actually just when when well so with my number four, I actually just changed it on the fly because I okay. thought I just thought of a good one that I completely forgot about. Hey, I like that. Until man. you mentioned until you mentioned that one, and I'm actually mad at myself that I didn't even think of this one before. But my my personal number four duo of all time pop culture duo of all time is i gotta give it up to chris farley and david spade nice nice they, they were amazing together and i mean even you black sheep you could call that tommy boy too but even in tommy boy when those two were together you know it was going to be hilarious and they also have a little bit of personal connection with me too I'm a bigger guy. Chris Farley was a bigger guy. And my mm. best friend uh, growing up, Dave, as ironic as that is, <laughs> was a short, blonde-haired dude who would was very smart-alecky and everything like that, kind of like David Spade. So we were kind of like that duo together, and that's why they stick out to me so much as well as Chris Farley and David Spade. Just the best, the way that they could play off of each other do things together, uh, odd couple, but yet make everything work. I mean, everything in Tommy Boy is just absolutely perfect from the, what you do, even though he just straight destroyed the thing. Getting Eminem stuck everywhere is, that is my number four. I could watch them all day, all day. Tommy Boy is one of those classic 90 comedies that I remember watching as a kid, but I got to go back and rewatch it because I remember it being funny to a point where it was funny for me as a kid, but I think I have more of an appreciation as an adult nowadays to take the jokes away from it now and kind of have a better understanding. So first of all, thank you for reminding me about that because I got to go back <laughs> and watch that. And number four, man, I love that pick. Because the one quote from uh, Tommy Boy that we all remember, fat guy in a little, little coat. coat. <laughs> or when he starts, it's when he starts ragging him too about he catches him staring at the girl. He's like, uh -huh. is she, I wonder if her favorite team is the Yankees. <laughs> 
That's good stuff, man. R.I.P. Chris Farley, man. What yeah. what what a character, man. That the energy that that guy brought, and then like you said, man, that that combination between him and David Spade was just played perfect on the big screen. And uh, unfortunately, um, we won't be able to see them pair, you know, with the no. passing Chris Farley and everything of that nature. But again, awesome. That, that's awesome, bro. I, I really like that number four from you, <laughs> especially on the fly, man. That's awesome adjustment. I, I that's dope. Yeah, that's really I, it dope. Was, it was hard who I had to get rid of for my number four, but I'll I'll mention them in the honorable mention. That would be my first honorable mention is that team. Okay. That I had, okay. And I had to get rid of it. It was hard, but. I had to go Chris Farley and David Spade over them. They're just way too much. Meant way too much to me growing up and watching the movies and even on Saturday Night Live from everything that they did. Absolutely pure gold. Yeah, no, I feel you 100% there, bro. I like that. All right. Uh, We got number three? Yeah, you're on three. All right, so number three for me. We're going to stick with movies, all right? So I talked about how Jurassic Park like the first one, that's my favorite movie of all time. But my favorite movie series of all time is the Matrix trilogy. All right. And that leads to my number three, which is uh, Keanu Reeves and Hugo Weaving, a.k.a. Neo and Agent Smith. All right. Now, the the acting that these two did throughout the trilogy of the Matrix is phenomenal. I can go back and watch the Matrix and literally learn something new every time I go back and watch it from watching and from watching those performances. And just the dialogue between those two, specifically Hugo Weaving as as Agent Smith, was so over the top and so phenomenal. Where as a kid, you, you like you watch the Matrix where the guns, the fighting. But then as an adult, I watched The Matrix, not only for that, but then also just the nuances of what they're saying and how they're displaying it on the big screen. Like this movie came out in 1999, and I could have sworn you would think that it came out just last year of how in-depth and how dynamic that that those two on the big screen was able to portray. Um, Agent Smith, like comparing the human race to a virus. And it's like to this day, I think about that like, damn, man, he was hitting home with that one there. Neo, like Keanu Reeves just plays the perfect Neo character, just that that draw, ghostly, blank stare, and, you know, just like, it, it, he was the perfect person to play Neo, and um, those two, like, anytime that they was on the screen together, anytime that they was having a dialogue, anytime that they're having an action scene, they nailed it 100%. Um, my favorite trilogy throughout any movie, like, series that I've ever seen, and um, yeah, just kudos to those guys, man. They have such a great impact on my movie liking. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just really appreciate those two for the performances that they put on. And uh, yeah, that's that's my number three, man. Neo and Agent Smith. Do you think if Will Smith would have took the part, it would have been the same? No, it wouldn't have. And I love Will Smith. Don't get me wrong. Like Will Smith is one of my top five, top 10 favorite actors of all time. But Seeing such a how good of a job that Keanu Reeves did as Neo, I'm kind of glad that Will Smith didn't take that role. And I'm not saying that Will Smith wouldn't have did a good job at it. It's just that I don't think uh, the dynamic would have been as strong as it is with Keanu and Hugo. I could. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, and Hugo could, that Agent Smith character is very iconic. Yes. Just like you said, the whole dialogue, and he never really seems to get that too much. And, yes. you know, just, you know, the whole Mr. Anderson, just how he Mr. delivers. Mr. Anderson. Everything, man. Everything Every was line. on point. The delivery, like everything, every word was so precise, and like he got that eerie feel from it, and like just the tension in the room. You, know, you could feel the tension. Anytime that those guys is in the room facing off of one another, and uh, man, like anytime I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about, it, I'm not gonna lie. And, like anytime <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm probably got to go watch that movie tonight. But yeah, yeah, that's that's number three for me, my man. That that right there, I love it. Yeah, the Matrix, all of them are are really good. When you started saying it, I thought you were gonna go Neo Morpheus. I did originally. Originally, I had that. But then I really thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I love Morpheus. I love I love uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus. But that really wasn't what I was looking for when I watched The Matrix. Like the parts that I look forward to the most 
was when Neo and Agent Smith are the ones interacting. And like, that was it. Like, that was like the ultimate source. It was like pretty much good versus evil, like the ultimate clash. And they just put it, they just told that story in such a dynamic way that it's just like, yeah, that that's easily. I almost put that as my number two. And I was making a case for number one, but the next two, when we talk about them, you'll see why I didn't. <laughs> I, I like I, I like that though, but that's that's why I asked you to do this because I heard your sports one for sports your enthusiasm. I was yeah. like, I like how he does this, and I was thinking we need to do this, but pop culture, and I, I really like it where you're not picking a team, but like sides in a way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. You gotta. I like to think outside of the box. I like to be a little bit different from what the the normal way of thinking is. So just kind of coming up with these lists and everything like that. Um, just kind of how my mind works, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to to do this episode with you, bro. No problem. This is fun. I'm really enjoying this. So, my number three, I'm gonna get probably a little geeky here. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's do it, man. Okay, let's take it there. Let's gonna, get weird. This is gonna be like some sci. This is some sci-fi. I, I, I get a lot of crap. Uh, I've never met somebody else that enjoys this programming really that I could actually like talk to him about it for, but my number three is captain Picard and commander William Riker from star Trek, the next generation. Mm, okay. I never really watched the original, but next generation is my favorite. Captain Picard is I've, I've watched them all. I've watched it, yeah. Well, I haven't watched all the original, but I've watched Next Generation, uh, Deep Space Nine, and what's that other one? Voyager, and the other ones I can't get into. But these two guys growing up were awesome because they, another one of those teams that complemented themselves very well. You had William Riker, who was like this smooth, debonair guy who was picking up on all these alien chicks and. Yeah being super cool and he could fight and then you had picard that was like always in control of every situation and they just seemed so awesome to me and picard always seemed to kind of make the right decision and do everything just really great and that's why they're my number three is i still they still stand out to me in this mind in my mind i just went back a couple months ago and i watched all of the next generation still stands up still my number three Nobody could beat these two in my mind in Star Trek. And you could, I'm going to, I'll give an honorable mention right now. You can say Kirk and Spock, but to me, Card and Riker are my number one team. If I'm going to have my own star, have my own starship, I'm picking these duos to lead my, to lead my ship right there. Hey, listen, I respect it a hundred percent. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't a Star Trek guy when I was a kid growing up. I've watched the episodes. I've watched some episodes, so I know who you're talking about. Um, but I can't get too much into the details with it. I was just, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a Star Wars guy. Okay. I, you know, I'm a Star Wars guy myself. Actually, we're getting my girl to watch Star Wars, too. It's been fucking phenomenal, bro. I love it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's what's up, man. Like, uh, Star Trek, I know that they have a huge following. And is it, is there is there like a war between Star Trek and Star Wars fans? Is that a thing? Yeah, it it is. It, it, you get. I enjoy both, but I think you get Star Trek. Think uh, Star Wars is way is more kiddish than Star Trek. Okay. Star Trek deals with a lot more political things. Like if you. If you watch Star Trek, as a kid, you won't pick up on things, but as an adult, you'll pick up on little things that are that happen in everyday society. Okay. And I don't think the Star Wars people like Star Trek because of that reason, ah. is that it's so heavy, where Star Wars is like, you got like constant fighting, and that's what they're doing, where Star Trek, it's the way that they describe their missions and everything they're exploratory missions yeah they have weapons but they're trying not to use them and everything else that's why we got blasters and star wars and phasers that are can be set to stun and 
in Star Trek. So I, I follow you. Okay. It's a little, it, it's, it's the same, but it's, it, it all depends on what you're looking for. Okay. Okay. I'll follow you there. All right, that's dope, man. I might th- <laughs> you know what? I've been looking for some stuff to watch lately. And uh, once we finish up with Star Wars, man, I might have to go in and uh, deep dive in some Star Trek and uh, yeah. check it out. Star Trek gets weird because they start talking about when they talk about war speed, that's like light speed in Star Wars. Yeah. And but they get into like how they need to do it. Like they need this so much dark matter, dilithium crystals, and they start getting really scientific. But then again, you gotta you you do have a war because like it's like anything, like I said, it's very societal where Romulans don't like the Starfleet. Klingons aren't too happy with the, you know, the Federation and everything. It's it's just way out there. There's Deep Space Nine that deals with a whole civil war and the changing over a space station from yeah. one rule to another and everything else. So it's if you're looking for anything that makes makes your mind work with a little bit of political commentary with some action in it star trek is where to go all right boom i'm about to check it out man that's dope <laughs> all right we're getting down to the nitty-gritty man yep number two number two all right so number two for me and uh we're gonna go to the sporting world okay more be the sports entertainment world all, all right. right and obviously we're talking about wrestling and uh i mean 90s we talk 90s wrestling, we talk Attitude Era. Like, this is when I became a big wrestling fan. We're talking Monday Night Wars. Um, but the two, I think, most iconic, dynamic duo to me in wrestling was The Rock and Stone Cold. And that's number two on my list. Um, I had the number, I, I forgot what number I had them on when we did our top five duels on uh, Sports Your Enthusiasm. But it was in there. Five. Okay, I know I had them yeah. in there, and uh, but yeah, in terms of like pop culture, number two, um, those two man, what they did to impact wrestling, and this is just like my own personal standpoint. I remember like there was it was a point where you couldn't miss Raw, like Monday Night Raw, between it used to be about nine to eleven back then. Um, between nine and eleven, I don't don't talk to me. I'm watching wrestling. I'm watching The Rock. I'm watching Stone Cold. I want to hear these dudes talking to Mike. I want to see them get in the ring and put on a performance. The WrestleManias that they hosted, it was three of them. Um, the performances that they did on WrestleMania, the, the, the character buildup of those two. And just to think, like, earlier in the 90s, like, I remember when Stone Cold was being managed by Ted DiBiase. He was built as, like, the next million-dollar man. And, you know, before he was like the ass kicking badass Stone Cold. And then The Rock was part of the, the Nation of Domination as like just like a like a side character before he finally bursted out on the scenes as The Rock. So seeing those two being able to break off of their previous characters to come out and develop these two iconic all time characters in wrestling. And then for those two, every time that they clashed, it was perfect. It was poetry in motion every time. It was perfect to a T. Like the Rock stole, uh, uh, sold all of Stone Cold's moves to, to perfectly. That dynamic that they had on the mic with one another to this day is still the best combination I think I've ever heard. And uh, man, what they did for wrestling back there in the Monday Night Wars, I think kind of tilted that way towards them and eventually got them the ultimate victory, man, because it was must see TV. And uh, yeah, everything, like, you know, if you're a kid, you're going out, you're going to go practice those moves on your, your little cousin, your little brother, or your best friends in, in, the, in the backyard. And, uh, yeah, just tons of fun, man. Tons of fun growing up watching those two. And, yeah, number two on my list, man. Shout out to The Rock and Stone Cold. Definitely. Definitely The Rock and Stone Cold. Uh, that's when I started getting back into wrestling. I was a wrestling fan as a kid from mid-'80s all the way to about the early-'90s. And then the Attitude Era kicked in, and it was like you had to watch that. And it wasn't even Stone Cold that got me watching wrestling again. It was DX. But then Stone Cold hit, and I was like, the Stone Cold's pretty cool. But my guy was The Rock with The yeah. Nation. He's that you could you could send something big, yeah, 
was going to happen with the rock and you knew like the way that he talked and everything else. And I had no idea about the whole Rocky Maivia thing before that. So he was just like super cool. Stone Cold was okay, but it seemed like he was just doing the same thing over where the rock was trying to do different things. Yeah. Yeah. The rock, uh, his, his charisma is, is bar none. Like the the way that I don't think I've ever seen anybody have as much crowd control as The Rock. Like when he's when you just knew like the millions and millions. Like that was like every time it was on point. I'm like, yo, how does he do this? How do you go and get thousands of people just to chant like when you want them to chant? Like and then they start chanting the Rock's name and they're right on cue, Rocky, Rocky. Like it was amazing. And he bringing the Stone Cold factor with that, where he's like you got an equal as of a heavyweight as him. Plus on top of that, you got like the racial factor with it. You got the black guy versus the white guy. Like everything about it was just so perfect. Everything about it. And to this day, they're like they're like really good friends. Like which is crazy when you think about it, because I mean, which makes sense. Like the way that they partnered up so well together when they performed makes all the sense in the world. See, this is why I love this, because when I was a kid, you talk about the rock having control of a crowd. I witnessed the man, the immortal Hulk Hogan, have absolute control of a crowd like that. Mm. I mean, to this day, if I'm watching WWE Network and that music hits, and that and the, the blue curtain, no Titantron or anything like yeah. that, and he comes busting through that curtain, I still get chills. So I can understand where you gravitate towards him because that crowd control and everything. Because yeah. Hulk Hogan was was awesome. Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior were like my life back then. Yeah. But you know, when Hogan does his little patented ear thing and everything else, so I understand where you're coming from with the rock mm. and being able to control, just control everything out there. Cause he's he's still the man today, you know. Yeah, I think he's still under contract, still making tons of money there and everything else. This is nuts, bro. It is nuts. He might be our freaking president one day. <laughs> he might be. He might be. He Shout might out be. To the Rock, man. <laughs> All right. I'm curious, man. I'm I'm curious to hear your number two, man. We got some good lists going on so far. You're gonna like my number two. Okay. You're gonna like my number two. And I didn't think this number two meant this much to me growing up until Disney started remaking the movies. Okay. Okay. And it's it's the Star Wars duo. And the number two is Han and Chewie. Ah, there it no, is. Nobody, nobody can be I Han and Chewie. I I mean, obviously I got one higher than them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Han and Chewie are the best. You know, they're they're the you know, you talked about Stone Cold. They're they're the Star Wars anti-hero. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to do their own thing, but yet they keep on getting brought back into this whole rebellion and everything else. And they're smugglers, just doing crazy stuff. They were the guys you wanted to be. You know, kind of growing up. And everything else. Uh, the cool ship. Come on, the Millennium Falcon is just an iconic. That's a character by itself. Right. Um, I mean, that's where I'm gonna go. And, and Han's so cool. He he lays out the greatest line ever that you could tell a woman when when Leia's like, I love you, and he's like, I know. And then he just gets frozen. <laughs> and then he gets frozen. And he, it's not even I love you back. It's I know. And then he just goes down and he gets frozen in carbonite. Uh, he's, you know, running from gangsters and just always trying to talk somebody over. And then Chewie's like the muscle of everything. And I didn't realize how much they meant to me until The Force Awakens came. And then they started, they popped up on screen. And he was like, Chewie, I think we're home. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you are home. You yeah. are home. This is your home. You're not going to go. I was a little sad when Han Solo died, but I understand the whole Harrison Ford thing, but that is definitely my number two is Han and Chewie. I love that. Greatest uh, anti-hero I, duo ever. I absolutely love that, man. Um, what, It's funny that you mentioned that when on, uh, on Force Awakens, when they got back on their ship and they said, yeah, we're home. It was a standing ovation in the movie theater when I was watching it that day. Like, I, I caught it on the opening day. Literally, standing ovation. Everybody stood up, it's clapping. You couldn't even hear what they were saying for, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> um, 
man, I just watched uh, Solo. Uh, I just watched Solo the other night, um, the the Han Solo story, and it's kind of dope how they they uh, how they introduce how Han and, and Chewie met. I thought that was really cool how they did that there, and then just like throughout the rest of the Star Wars movies, um, perfect combination, like you said, man. You got the ultimate outlaw. He's a space outlaw, badass. And you got this big ass nine foot tall Sasquatch looking monster that speaks no English, but they just control the screen every time that they're on it. Like they just feed off of one another and it's perfect every time, man. Like I love that 100%, bro. That's an awesome number two. That's an yeah. awesome number two. I appreciate that number two. Yeah, because Solo, I think, is very, very underrated. I love Solo. He is. I thought it was, I thought the movie Solo, I thought that was a great movie. It was. Overall. It was really good. And people bag on it so badly, but it was, it, it, I thought it was good. I think it told a great story of yes. Han and Chewie and everything else. And once again, you could even go, uh, Donald Glover was amazing as Lando Calrissian. Yes. I, I'm sorry. He he kind of stole the show, but. Yeah. Because Lando is my guy. Lando's always been my guy since Empire. But that was, that's why I had to, I had to pick him, Han and Chewie. Yeah, number man, no, that's that's an awesome number two. I got that's one of those things, man. You you appreciate as a fan, like you can appreciate somebody else appreciating it, and I, yeah. that that's the feeling I got when you mentioned it right off the bat, man. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for that. So who do you got at number two? We did number two already. Now we're oh, on number one. Oh, oh yeah, who you got? Who's your number one? Number one. Number one. All right, hold on. Are we doing honorable mentions before we mention number one, or do we want to do it after number one? Let's do it before. I like it. I like it before. Yeah, you're okay. right. You're right. Because I got a couple here that I could have had on the list. Some of them are when I'm older. Some of them are, are now. But let's hear your first honorable mention. Let's see. If, okay. I, if, if I got them, I'm not going to mention. If I got them, I'm not going to mention them again. But who you got? So honorable mention, Um, I got Bat Batman and Joker. Ooh, Okay. So I had Batman and Robin. I like how you ah, think. I yeah. like how you think because they that all. I like Batman and Joker better though, mm -hmm. because Robin changes. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Batman needs Joker, and Joker needs Batman. Exactly. I think of instantly uh, Heath Ledger and and uh, the Dark Knight, where when he said, um, "You won't kill me because it's against your code, and I won't kill you because it's just too fun. It's just too fun to have you around." And it's right, right there. They just like he nailed it. He nailed it. He knew exactly what he's talking about right there. That is it. Batman and Joker. That's that's one of my honorable mentions. Um, go ahead. Oh, uh, my honorable mention was actually my number four, and I I had to remove them. It took I had to think about it, but I removed them. And I don't think. The world would be different. Pop culture, in uh, in any sense, as well as if we didn't have Trey Parker and Matt Stone, mm. the creators of South Park. Mm. They bring a very easy tone and make fun of situations. Even though some people don't like it, make fun of situations that we may take a little bit too serious sometimes. And they bring a very funny tone to it. And they they make you raise an eyebrow and think as well. But they South Park, the creators of South Park, they're just absolutely amazing. Plus basketball, orgasmo, Team America World Police. Um they done plays. The South Park movie, the songs that they come up with are absolutely amazing. They're just mm -hmm. a great duo together, even though Matt Stone says Trey's the main man of everything, but I think even with Trey without Matt, it still wouldn't be the same. Uh, South Park, when it comes to like adult cartoons, so Simpsons, Family Guy, American Dad, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's number one for me, hands down. Like that is hands down number one. Like the way that, like you said, like the, the episodes that they come up with, what they, the, the limits that they push I 100% appreciate it and love it so much. They're like the Dave Chappelle of adult cartoons yes. where they're not afraid to go and touch on subjects where everybody else is afraid of. And they go and do it in such a perfect way where it's just like, yo, I can't help but laugh at it. 
Like it's, it's man. I, thank you. I, that was awesome. That's awesome right there. You can even take it like a deeper dynamic when that one. You can talk about like, even the kids in that show as like like yeah. Cartman, like Cartman and and uh and uh uh damn, forgetting the dude damn name. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle and Cartman. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, you know, you, need, you gotta have it. But that those are my those are my those are my guys. I don't. I what I got HBO Max and I watch pretty much all the South Park episodes and yeah. they. I don't think there's really too many bad ones if there is a bad one. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a bad episode of South Park. Like they're all perfect. Like they're all great. Um, a couple more, di- uh, a couple of more uh, honorable mentions. Um, I just want to kind of rattle off these two. Yeah, uh, I kind of got them combined. So Biggie Smalls and P Diddy, and then also Biggie Smalls and Tupac. Um, I got as an honorable mention and like what for just like hip hop fans and hip hop in general, uh, you had the East coast versus West coast. You had Biggie Smalls versus Tupac in that retrospect. And then like with Biggie Smalls and Puffy, um, what they did for music in the nineties and like the bangers that they came out with, man, kind of just set the tone for my music listening experiences as a kid and kind of what I dive, uh, dive into nowadays. So honorable mention to those, to the, those brothers there, man. I gotta, I gotta say, I, I like the pick. Of Biggie because at one point I listened to pretty much no hip hop, no rap music at all. Mm-hmm. And the last time I probably listened to anything was like my. I used to listen to a lot, like obviously growing up around my time, it was like uh, LL and the Beastie Boys were pretty much the number. Well, you gotta, you could say MC Hammer, but that's a different type of right. <laughs> where I'm gonna go around that one, you know, real okay. life. But I got more into like uh, punk music and everything else. And I was like, I don't think I want to listen to this anymore. And then I heard, um, I think it was, it was, yeah, it was Juicy. Yeah. And after that, I got, Biggie brought me back into everything. Like I heard some Tupac stuff. It was okay, but it wasn't anything where I was going to go run out and buy. But Biggie got me back into listening to hip hop and got yeah. me more into a wider variety of music so that's dope, he holds us he holds a little he holds a special place in my heart that is dope uh you got any more honorable mentions oh i got tons i got tons actually that we could just i could just ramble off um i would be doing a disservice to this podcast and i think some of the listeners if i did not mention these two I think this is a little bit before your time, and you're probably not 100%. I don't know. You, you've heard of them, but you probably didn't know that they were together. But the two Corys, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, for a brief moment in time, they were like the two biggest people named Corey in the world. Mm-hmm. You had Corey Feldman doing Goonies, and then they were also in a movie together, Licensed to Drive, and they were, you know on all the teeny bopper magazines and everything else. So they were in the lost boys together. So there's tons of tons of stuff. So I got to go to Corey's definitely. I got to make sure I mention them. Okay. All right. I respect that. Um, <laughs> hey man, I got one last one honorable mention and uh, it's quite simple, man. Pepsi and Coke. Shout out yeah. to Pepsi and Coke, man. That's just, we, we, yeah. we know what they're about. Like to this day, it's like, do yeah. you like Pepsi or Coke? Which one do you prefer? Um, <laughs> That's that's a dynamic duo in its own, and they just they, they work off each other. Like I'm pretty sure they're they're in cahoots with one another. I'm at this point, like they they gotta oh, be your, like yeah. They, they, that's like that's like my uh, like my theory there that Pepsi and Coke they secretly work together and they kind of just have like this fake feud. It's like it's all it's like WWE. It's all stage. It's all performance, and they're all just making billions of dollars off of us. But um, you know that's my dynamic duels in terms of soft drinks. <laughs> Pepsi or Coke? Which one? I am a Coke guy. Okay, I'm a Coca-Cola Coca Cola guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a yes. Coca-Cola guy. Yeah. Uh I'm just gonna go down the list and just name a couple um that I I wrote down earlier and everything else, just to make sure I can appease everybody's listening ear as well. Uh more recently you could go Michael Scott and Dwight or Dwight and Jim from the office. You could go Beavis and Butthead. As well, uh, running simp, running simpy. I mentioned Kirk and Spock, Bill and Ted. That's another one that I've I remember when you said about Keanu Reeves. 
You could even go Kirk and Khan from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And here's one that I think, oh, oh and also a more recent one as well, uh, Troy and Abed from Community. They almost made my top five because they are absolutely amazing together. And just when when Troy left, Community sucked. Yeah, That's yeah. all I'm going to say. When Troy yeah. left, that, that episode went down so badly. Mm. And here's one that was both of our off our list, but I know could have played a big played some role in our childhood as we forgot about Bert and Ernie. <laughs> okay, okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Ernie. Bert and Ernie. You know what I? I hated those two. I'm not going. Really? <laughs> I hated Bert and Ernie oh. so bad. Like when I watched Sesame Street, it was all about Big Bird, Elmo, Cookie Monster, and the Grouch. Okay. But anytime yeah. Bert and Ernie came on, like my attention was just off. I was done. I, I didn't pay attention to those two really. See, that's where. See, I, I almost think in a way, if you watch the Big Bang Theory. I think Sheldon is based off of Bert, and Ernie is based off of Leonard a little bit, mm. and that and. Me and my brother, he was more Bert, where he was like very, like everything was straight laced and everything else. And I was like Ernie trying to play little jokes and doing stupid stuff like that. So that's yeah. why they they almost made it. They almost made it, but they're not quite up there. Okay. I like that, man. That's dope. This is what this episode's <laughs> about, man. I'm enjoying this. Oh, <laughs> boy. Number, number one, one, right? Woo! Number one. Right, the here we are. Off. Drum roll. All right. So number one for me. Now I mentioned earlier how SpongeBob is my favorite cartoon. And I, you know, specifically said cartoon because my favorite anime mm -hmm. is Dragon Ball Z, which leads to oh. my number one selection, Goku and Vegeta. Um man, like I don't even know what to say about these two. Like, uh, first of all, Dragon Ball Z as a whole, uh, Atoriyama put out a masterpiece of, of a show. And the characters, Goku and Vegeta, from like, from, from jump, from babies, like babies, just the, the nature of the story that Toriyama told from these two, where, you got Vegeta, who is a prince of all sayings, just an, a, a super elitist. You got Goku, who is considered low, low, low class trash, as Vegeta likes to put it. <laughs> but now, like, Vegeta is consistently chasing this guy who just continuously gets stronger and stronger and stronger and keeps reaching ascending levels, where Vegeta is continually chasing this guy. They clash on several times, uh, several battles, and it's been the ultimate. TV experience with these two, Goku and Vegeta. Um, ultimate source of good and evil, and eventually Goku converts Vegeta to be good, and now they're teammates, and then they fight again, and Goku and Vegeta's evil again, and they fight again together. Like, everything about them, the relationship that they have up until this point in Dragon Ball Super and beyond has been, has been such a perfect, dynamic duo, in my opinion. I think it's the greatest I've ever seen on TV and pop culture in general, the character development, the just the the fighting, the the powers, the like as a kid, you everybody tried to turn Super Saiyan as a kid when we yeah. seen that happen, and um, then it's just one of those things where like I thought about this list and I was like ranking them and I was like yeah, Goku and Vegeta got to be number one for me, man. Like I don't think like uh, Tsunami five o'clock. Every time after school, come home. I used to watch it. 30 minutes. Don't talk to me. I'm watching Dragon Ball Z. And uh, yeah, man, it was it's just an awesome, awesome, awesome duo. Uh, I can't imagine what life would be like without those two. Like, it's just a nostalgic factor about it. I'm a Vegeta guy myself. I feel like Goku, uh, terrible father, <laughs> never took care of his kids. Like, to see how Vegeta developed into wanting to conquer everything, to being like a perfect family man. Um, and by the way, Vegeta never lost to Goku. All the, all the times that they fought, Vegeta never lost to Goku. I want that on the record. You can go back, you can go watch it. As strong as Goku is, you may be more powerful, but when they fought head up, Vegeta whooped that ass. He never lost. I'm just saying. 
I don't know about that. I'm a Goku Never guy. Lost. I'm a Goku guy. That was uh, I was that was the show that I did watch. I'm shocked that I didn't even think of that one, but that that one I could go. But Goku was better. Goku was better. I like Goku better. But Goku, going back to the Star Trek motto, and we're going to go into a whole Vulcan, a whole, or go into a Vulcan motto there, is do you think Goku used the, the motto that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? I think, Goku, I think Goku went about the motto of, I got to be stronger than everybody. I don't care what I got to do to do it. Like, he would literally leave his family for months and years at a time to go train and shit. And just to be make sure that he's strong enough <laughs> to go and pretend that he wanted to protect the Earth and blase, blase. That was bullshit. It was all fake. Goku just wanted to fight and prove that he was stronger than everybody else. That's all that was. Vegeta was actually the one where he actually had a family and whatnot. He was about his family. He stuck around his family. He would go train, but he would make sure he comes back and be with his family and stuff like that. So... Yeah, Goku was a fraud, man. I'm sorry. He's a, he's a, he's he was a fraud. Awesome dude. Don't get me wrong. Awesome fighter. You know, powerful, all that. You know, great great transformations and everything. Awesome character. But uh, yeah, Vegeta, that's my guy. I, I like it. I like it though. I like it. Okay, all right, num- man. number one. Num- <laughs> this is gonna be so odd. This is gonna be so odd. Uh, but this is from a TV show. The TV show that I watched as a kid, I recently rewatched it on Netflix and everything else. And it's another, it's another team kind of. They're buddies, but different. And it's from the TV show Cheers. And I'm going with Norm, with the Norm and Cliff. Hmm. They were pretty great together. Norm was great just by himself, but I don't think he would be as good without good old Cliff Cleveland, the mailman. Cheers uh, is very classic in my mind. It was one of the first shows I was kind of allowed to stay up and watch, I want yeah. to say. <laughs> so uh, it taught me what sleeping together meant as a kid as well. Mm-hmm. So, But they were great together. Norm, you know, every time I open up the door, you hear Norm! And Cliff would give out some weird tidbit to somebody even though nobody even asked for it or anything else. Mm-hmm. But Norm and Cliff, they're my number one pop culture duo of all time in, in my mind. I don't think anybody could beat them just because of the dynamic they had and the show and they were always they were always good friends to the end so norman cliff my number one that's what's up man that's i like that because it's one of those those classic sitcoms that resonates for you and like you said you you remember watching it as a kid that's the first show that you was able to watch as a kid staying up late and you learn from it you learn some turns from it and uh which brings back good (laughs) memories you go when you go think about it like that's that's yeah that's it that's what it's about you know, that's awesome, man. <laughs> that is awesome. And Ray, hey, real quick, I almost forgot, man. I, uh, I don't I don't know how I didn't have them on my list. I, they, they probably will be on there now that I think about it. Because you just reminded me, like, uh, for, in terms of sitcoms, uh, for me, is Will Smith and, and Alfonso Ribeiro. Uh, oh, my uh, Will, goodness. Will and Carlton. You yes. know, that's probably that. Like, I'm so mad I didn't have them in my list now that I think about it. Cause that's probably my favorite show as a kid growing up was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and those two was perfect together. Um, just wanted to give a quick shout out to them, man. Will and Carlton, man. Shout out to those brothers. I can't believe I didn't think of them either. Cause there's right. a whole, there's like a whole bunch of ones. Like uh, now that you're mentioning sitcoms, you could have did. Or another good one is uh, Joey and Uncle Jesse from Full House. Yes. Uh, yes. Damn it. There's a lot going PGIF. You got Corey and Sean. You got um. You got geez. from uh, Family Matters. You got Steve yeah. Burkle and Carl Winslow. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Shout out to the actor that played Carl Winslow. He played the cop in so many great 1980s yeah. movies. He was a cop in Ghostbusters, Die Hard, Die Hard. He he was awesome. Oh, what was his name? Lavelle Jones. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, there's so many great ones out there. There's just trying to think if there's any more that I can think of just off the top of my head. 
Yeah, but Uncle Jesse, Joey, Hamilton and Steve were like unique too. Because out of all of them, they were, I, I did do a full house Family Matters show one time, you know, discussing why somebody might choose each one. And uh, the guy that I did it with is a huge Family Matters fan. You probably heard of him, Johnny Townsend. Mm-hmm. He does yep. a lot of stuff with Matt. And, you know, the way that he talked about it and the, the way that their dynamic worked, where they weren't even supposed to be the show. And then after so many, you know, seasons together, it was like, this is where we're going to go with. This is yeah. where we're going to make our money. This is pure gold between these yeah. two. And it's just, this is awesome. I could have even gone with Police Academy, too. Yeah. Please, yeah. There's just too many. There's too many. Mahoney! There's too many. <laughs> yeah, Mah- Mahoney. Oh, well, damn it. I just rewatched them too. Mm. Got making the noises with his mouth. Oh, what is his yeah. name? Damn, what is his name? Yeah. I gotta look this up too. Yeah, me too. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> uh Michael Winslow. Yes. Oh no, that's the actor. But Michael Winslow. I was yeah. trying to, he was those two guys were great from the beginning. Mm. Or uh Mahoney and what's the guy? Jeez, I just you know it's messed up because it's just a couple months ago I did like a whole retrospective on every single police academy movie. <laughs> I can't remember anybody's name. What happens when you get old, Bryce? What was it uh Moses Hightower? No, Moses Hightower was Bubba Smith. That was that dude was awesome. Yeah. That was I still remember when he ripped out the front seat of the car to see uh-huh. the guy. So they're driving a car. This is fun. <laughs> uh, Mahoney and Mauser, the way that they fought off of each other. There's just too many out there. There's just yeah, it way is. too many. Yeah, it is, man. It's perfect. Way too man, many. This was dope, man. This was a good time. <laughs> you brought back some, some really good memories that uh, I think I'm going to go have to touch base on again. And also when I start having children or whatnot, I'm definitely going to have them locked in oh. on what I was watching as a kid. Yeah. Cause I didn't even realize that Lavelle Jones played in Ghostbusters until my son, he watched both movies back to back, like uh-huh. it was nothing. And then he was like, is there a third one? And I was like, I don't, I don't have it. And it's, and it's different. There's, there's, there's girls in it that play the Ghostbusters. He's like, it's not the four of them. Right. I'm like, no, 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 it's not the four of them. It's different. He's like, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he only he just pretty much rewatched everything because he watched them like when he was like four and I was yeah. nine and he rewatched them back to back. But to hear him say, you know, is this what it is? And I'm like, yep. And then he's like, okay, I just don't want to watch that yeah. one. It, it kind of validated why I didn't like that one, but that's for a different okay. episode. <laughs> I feel like, man. I feel but like. Thank you for coming on the show, doing this. You gave me this idea because I listen to Sports Your Enthusiasm. And if somebody else wants to listen to Sports Your Enthusiasm, can you tell them where they can find it? Yes, definitely, man. Uh, Sports Your Enthusiasm, you can go and we're on every pretty much uh, streaming platform. So Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all of them. Like You can find us, search our name, Sports Your Enthusiasm Sports Podcast. Uh, you can go and uh, go listen to any episode. We post them every day on Facebook or every time we upload on Facebook. Uh, Sports Your Enthusiasm Sports Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter, S-Y-E Pod. Email sports your enthusiasm podcast at gmail.com. Um, we're, we're everywhere, man. And it's you know, it's just like this. It's, um, I, I try to think different. Um, my mind works in a different way than a lot of folks, and uh, you know, just kind of bring the energy and have fun with it. And it's a good time, you know, come and hang out with us. That's that's how I kind of look at it, man. Just a couple of dudes talking sports and and uh, having a good time. So, yeah, yeah, and I appreciate you, man. You always are on it. Um, every time we post an episode, you're the like one of the first people to share it. You listen to it. We appreciate you for listening. And uh, yeah, man, we're just going to continue to try to put out some great content and keep it rolling. So thank you again, man. Appreciate the opportunity. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for doing doing coming on and you know putting out that content as well. And like I said, I listen and I said we could do this, but we can do it in a different manner in pop culture because everybody loves pop culture. Exactly. 
everybody. Like there's something that you're going to pull from anywhere about anything from pop culture. And uh, yeah, this is an awesome idea. And uh, hey, man, if you ever need another a guest for another episode, I'm here. I'm always <laughs> no, looking forward to always looking forward to podcasting and, and linking up, man. So thank you. No problem. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for everybody listening. Uh, you can uh, check this, check us out every new episode every Sunday on the BICP Radio Network, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, as well as the Week in Review. You can check that out on my Facebook page, Let's Talk But No Politics Okay. And you can listen to that on the Helium Radio Network every Friday at 7 p.m. And with that being said, I'd like to say good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris. What are you recording? I'm currently recording a Vinyl Divers podcast. Vinyl episode. Divers? What's that? Vinyl Divers is a podcast that I do where I talk everything music related from bands that are on vinyl that I've collected, uh, old vinyl that I found and purchased, to bands that I'm currently listening to on iTunes and Spotify because guess what? I can't afford all the vinyl that I want. But it's a vinyl podcast. Yes, essentially. It's a music podcast that started off as a vinyl podcast. Is there diving involved? There is diving into podcasts and vinyls. Where can I find Vinyl Divers? Find Vinyl Divers on the network app, BICVP-radio.com. Sweet. Keep diving. <laughs>